in that particular text, but I better just stick with two verses unless I preach too long. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and we're going to be reading verses 16 and 17. Uh, Paul writing to the church at Corinth. Amen. Look at, look at, look at, look at what Paul says to the church at Corinth. He says, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And I want us to pay close attention to uh, verse number 17. Look what it says, for our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I want to, I want to just briefly today, or as the spirit leads, uh, I want to talk to you all simply uh, uh, on perspective on afflictions. I just want to deal with perspective on afflictions. Now, when you when you look at the word perspective, of course, we know that is just simply point of view. Perspective is uh, just the outlook. It's about how you uh, look at things. It's about how you visualize things. Then when you look at the word afflictions, uh, uh, afflictions can comprise of anything such as hardships, problems, uh, disorders, uh, illnesses, uh, all of those fit under the uh, category of afflictions. And so today I want to deal with perspective on uh, afflictions. Scripture says many, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Amen. But then he turns around and said, but God delivereth uh, them out of them all. Amen. And so let me start off by saying that the diligent believer faces trial after trial. In fact, he or she experienced fatigue and uh, weariness, strain and pressure, trouble and doubt, criticism and uh, uh, opposition, conflict. Some even experience persecution. And, you know, of course, the list uh, the list can go on and on. Uh, but the believer needs a strong spirit of endurance. They need an incredibly special power to sustain them. And so this this passage deals with the believer's enduring spirit, uh, with the things that do sustain them. Because I believe you all would agree uh, with me today that it's easy to 
lose heart and quit. Uh, I'm quite sure that we all have faced problems in our relationships or, 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 or at our jobs that have caused us to think about giving up. But rather than quitting, uh, when persecution, hardship, or trouble uh, try to wear us down, we need to be like the Apostle Paul, because when uh, persecution uh, wore him down, Paul concentrated on the inner strength that came from the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you have received the Holy Ghost, I need you to understand that there's an inner strength that's down on the inside of you. And so when Paul felt like he was being uh, worn out and worn down, uh, Paul, he simply concentrated on the inner strength that came from the Holy Spirit. I, I hear him as he talked, as he talked with the church at Ephesus in the book of Ephesians, the third chapter, uh, verse number 16. Listen what he says. He says that he would grant you uh, he's praying for him. And he says that he wants the Lord to grant them according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, you have to understand that the word strengthen in the Greek, it means to be made strong, tough. Uh, it means enduring. Uh, it means to have energy or force. It means to act, to endure. It means to resist. And so, yes, the believer needs to be strengthened with power in the inner man, that is, in the deepest part of his being, in his soul, in uh, his heart, in his spirit. It's, it's, it's in the spirit that God has renewed. It is there that he must uh, 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 be strengthened with power. It's in your soul. It's in your inner being that God needs to renew and to strengthen. Somebody would ask the question, well, pastor, why? Why does the inner man need to be strengthened? Well, because it is the only way that we can overcome the flesh with all of its weaknesses. Yeah, it is the only way he can uh, uh, conquer temptation and sin. It's the only way to conquer grief and death, trouble uh, and trials, disease and suffering, selfishness and worldliness. It's the only way that we're going to be able to conquer problems and circumstances. Simply, he must renew the inner man. And I need to tell y'all that spiritual strength is more important important than physical strength. Let me say it again. While y'all going to the gym and nothing is wrong with that. You want to get a six pack, even though I have a 12 pack. Oh, but my spirit man is all right. Come on here, somebody. It don't matter how much weight you can lift 
physically. Bench press your own weight if you have to. But I need you to understand that spiritual strength is more important than physical strength. And I understand that the emphasis uh, on physical strength is very great in uh, our society. But such strength, physical strength, is insignificant compared to spiritual strength. Because if we had to rely on our physical strength, oh, be honest with me, some of us would have given up long time ago. Sometimes, amen, our physical strength, we barely have strength enough to put one foot in front of the other. Oh, but because he renews the inner man, And so what Paul is doing, let me move on lest I preach too long. What Paul is doing here in our text, uh, in verse number 16, I told you to keep your Bibles open because Paul starts verse 16 off with, for which cause we faint not. And so what Paul was letting them know, and God's word is just as live today as it was when he first, it was first written. The first thing Paul wants us to know is, is uh, that the believer does not faint. Uh, Get that in your spirit, y'all. The believer does not faint. In other words, he does not give up or quit. He does not lose heart or become uh, discouraged. He does not allow anything to defeat him. And once again, when I say he and him, God don't have a gender problem. It also means her. Come on. It also includes all of the women. Amen. They don't, we don't allow anything to defeat us. Not people, circumstances, events. Uh, fatigue, or even persecution and severe opposition. Paul simply says, uh, we faint not. How many of y'all know we're living in a day? We're living in a time. This ain't the time to be fainting. This is not the time to be falling out. This is not the time to give up and throw in the towel. We've come too close now to our journey in, and God's been too good to us. Oh, the turn back now. And so he says, he says that the believer does not faint. But then I I notice something else he says. He says that the believer, outward man, perishes every day. It's in the verse. We're perishing every day, but yet we don't faint. Now, when he speaks of the outward man, he's speaking of the earthen vessel. He's speaking of the human body, the mortal flesh. He, he, he's speaking of uh, uh, the earthly house. Uh, in another passage in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, he had to let them know that if this earthly house of this tabernacle is dissolved. In other words, if it decays, if it perishes, he says we have another building. And so when you look at the word perish, the word perish means to age. It means to wear out. It means to waste away, to uh, deteriorate, to decay, to corrupt. Well, simply put, it means uh, 
to die. And so in other words, Paul says that his outward man or body was wearing out and wasting away every day. It was in the process of perishing and dying. How many of you all know that every day that you wake up, and yes, we encourage you to declare life, but how many of y'all know we got to leave here one day? Amen. Every day, amen, we just get closer to our journey in. But thanks be to God, he didn't stop with the outward man. He didn't stop with our human bodies. Notice he says that the believer's inner man is renewed day by day. Well, the inner man, the inner man, because I don't want you all to miss this. The inner man is the spirit of man that has been born again or created anew by the spirit of God. The spirit, it's the spirit of man that was dead in trespasses and sin until it was quickened and made alive by Christ. It's the inner man that becomes a new creature that causes all things to pass away and everything becomes uh, as new. It is the inner man, the highest and deepest part of a man's being where the Holy Spirit dwells. In other words, it's the hidden man of the heart. And so the believer is renewed day by day when he draws near God for strength and growth, for release, relief and deliverance from trials, pressures, uh, and uh, troubles. But I need you to remember that it is the presence and power of God uh, within our bodies uh, that renews us. And so the more I pray, the more I study God's word, I may not be able to get up physically, Oh, but Joy Bell, oh, we don't sing those songs no more. We've gotten a little fancy now. But y'all remember the song Joy Bells, keep ringing in my soul. And then we'll say Joy Bells, Joy Bells, Joy Bells keep ringing down in my soul. How many of y'all know God? He'll cause the Joy Bells to ring in the midst of everything you're going through. You might have just received a bad report. Amen. But the joy bells, uh, it'll keep ringing down in your soul. And so that's the reason why Jesus, that's the reason why he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are of a heavy laden and what I will give you rest simply because he understands just like we need to understand that the presence and the power of God within our bodies are the ones uh, that renews us. And so can I encourage you today? Can I encourage you today? Don't let fatigue, pain, or criticism force you to give up. Can I encourage you today? Renew your commitment to serving Christ. Do not forsake your eternal reward because of the intensity of today's pain. Uh -huh. Your very weakness allows the resurrection power of Christ to strengthen you moment by moment. Well, our troubles, 
They should not diminish our faith or disillusion us because we should realize that there is a purpose in our suffering. Whatever you're going through, I need somebody to hear me. There's a purpose in what you're going through because problems and human limitations, they have several benefits. I must say it again, problems and human limitations, they have several benefits. First of all, first of all, they remind us of Christ's suffering for us. They remind us of his suffering. Secondly, they keep us from pride. Thirdly, they cause us to look beyond this brief life. And then fourth of all, they give us opportunities to prove our faith to others, just like Sister Rebecca did today. She could have stayed in the bed with a head cover, but she came down and she probably said within herself, I sure hope the pastor asked somebody to testify because I want to declare my faith in the midst of what I'm going through. I don't know whether or not he's already manifested himself, but I'm going to believe God and I'm going to trust God because I want other folk. Oh, come on here. I just want to talk. Let me calm down. I want other people to see that God is still good all the time. And if he does it for me, then they could grab hope and know that God can also do it for them. And so it gave, it gives us opportunity to prove our faith to others. And then it also give God the opportunity to demonstrate his power. If we don't go through nothing, then how can God ever demonstrate his power in our life? If we never get sick, how can we declare that God is a healer? If you've never felt lonely, how can you declare that he, he's a friend that's sticking closer than any brother? If, if you've never been broke, how can you declare that my God shall supply every one of my needs according to his riches and glory? So can I encourage you here today? Let's start seeing our troubles as uh, opportunities. Well, that was just an introduction. Let's get to the meat of the message now because nothing gives us better perspective and understanding of our trials, our afflictions, our hardships, our troubles than the Bible. And so here in verse number 17, which was written also by the Apostle Paul, we find great help about our afflictions. Now, I want to preach to those that are going through something right now. If everything is hunky go dory for you, put this message up on the shelf because you're going to need it for later on. But I want to talk to somebody that's going through something right now because Paul tells us that we find great help uh, in the midst of uh, our affliction. When you look at my cut, verse number 17, uh, 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 Paul speaks of three things. And I'm going to try to deal with them as quickly as possible. Paul speaks with about three things. First of all, he speaks about the difficulty. Second of all, he speaks about the duration. 
And then third of all, he speaks about the dividends. Let me say it again. It's right there in verse 17. I'm going to show it to you. He speaks of the difficulty. He speaks of the duration. He speaks of uh, the dividends. First of all, look at the difficulty. He uses the word affliction. Paul says, our light affliction. And so Paul describes uh, the difficulties of our afflictions uh, in terms of weight. And then he turns around and say, they are light. Now, now, now I'm surprised, really, y'all, I'm really surprised that Paul says his afflictions uh, were light. For he experienced some uh, very tough times uh, in his life. You know, it was Paul, it was Paul that said in another passage of scripture, Paul said, I speak as a fool. He says, I am more. He said, in stripes above measures, I'm in prison more frequent and in danger of death more often. But, but I need you to hear brother Paul. He said, of the Jews five times, I received 40 stripes. He says three times I was beaten with rods. He said one time I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. He said a night and a day I have been in the deep. He said in journeys often, in dangers of water, in dangers of robbers, in dangers of my own countrymen, in dangers by the heathen, in dangers in the city. He said, in danger in the wilderness, in danger in the sea, in danger among false brethren. And then he said, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often. He said, and being cold and oftentimes naked. When you go to Acts the 14th chapter, verse 19, the Bible said he was stoned and he was left for dead. Yet, my God, he counted these afflictions as light in view of eternity. I don't want y'all to miss it. He counted them as light in view of eternity. And you know what? If Paul could count his affliction as light. How much more should we look upon our trials and afflictions uh, as light? Our ultimate hope when we are experiencing terrible illness, persecution, or pain is the realization that this life is not all there is. How many of you all know there is life after death? Come on, come on. I said there is life after death. And we need to stop quoting scripture and start believing scripture. Oh, we know absent from this body is to be what? Present with the Lord. We know that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. We know that for me to live is Christ but to die is gain. We know that if a man die, he shall live again. 
Let's start quoting the scripture and let's start believing the scripture because out of all of our illnesses and persecution and out of all of our pain, let's come to the realization that this life is not all that there is. And knowing, knowing my brothers and my sisters that we will live forever with God in a place without sin and suffering that ought to help us live above the pain that we face in this life. I tell people all the time, and I'm very sincere, when they ask me about certain things, I said, what's the worst that can happen? And they say to me, you could die. I said, if that's the worst, because I'm a believer, I'm willing to say goodbye world. I'm on my way home. Me and my mother used to sing a duet and we used to sing that song all over the place that I'm a pilgrim and a stranger traveling through this barren land, but I've got a home in yonder city and Lord, I'm doing the very best that I can. Well, let me move on unless I preach too long again. And so the first thing Paul talks about, he talks about uh, the difficulty, which was the affliction. But then I noticed something else he talks about. He talks about the duration. You see it in the text? He says, for a moment. Somebody ought to shout, for a moment. Oh, glory be to God. For a moment. And again, again, I'm surprised that Paul would say that uh, the trials lasted just for a moment. But listen to this. Moment is not used in scripture for a division of time. In other words, years, months, weeks, days. Moments is not used for division of time, but for an instant of time. And so Paul's life was filled with afflictions, yet he still says his trials are short in duration. And you know what? Paul is right. He's right, y'all. I can't help but, I can't help but say he's right because he viewed life in terms of eternity. And when you view your life in light of eternity, guess what? Then is just for a moment. Ah, weeping may endure for a whole night, but joy gonna come in the morning. And so he looked beyond the here and now to the future. And can I tell y'all something? If all you see is this life, you will not have a very encouraging perspective of life. Get your eyes off of this life. This life is messed up. This life have its good days, have its bad days. This life can change up on you. This life right now have us all quarantined basically because they say you can't leave out the house for three weeks. This life is not what life is all about. Oh, there's another life. Compare this life with eternity and you will discover it's just for a moment. I don't care if you live to be 299 years old. It's just for a moment. And so let me let, let me try to wrap it up. Paul talks about the difficulty. He talks about the duration. Oh, but I wanted to get to this part. He talks about the dividends. It's right here in the text. He says, worketh for us a far more exceeding 
and eternal weight of glory. <clears throat> That's the dividends. Because the work of affliction for the believer is rewarding. In other words, your affliction, ah, your trouble, your sickness, it's at work for ah, God. It's at work for you. And so the work of affliction eh, for the believer, it's rewarding. Afflictions bring great blessings. And the blessings are interestingly and instructively, my God, described as an eternal mm, weight of glory. Don't miss it. If you miss that part, you're going to miss the whole message because there is both a comparison and contrast here between the affliction and the dividend. The comparison is in the fact that the afflictions and dividends are both described as a weight. Don't miss it. The affliction, the affliction and the dividends are both described as a weight. The contrast is twofold here. First, the affliction was short in duration. Because he says, but for a moment. But the dividends are long in duration because he said eternal. Uh, 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 some of y'all going to miss it. Do you see the contrast there? Uh, let me say it again. The affliction was short in duration, but for a moment. But the dividends are long in duration because it's eternal. And then secondly, yeah. The affliction was grievous, the affliction, but the dividends is glorious, the glory. And so when we experience afflictions, ponder this verse, it will be a great encouragement for you in dark times because the true believers afflictions are light when compared to the glory that he or she shall receive when we get to heaven. Note the phrase weight of glory. This picture, some, uh, this picture should always be kept in the mind of every believer. The picture is this. It, it's a set of scales. Get you a set of scales. <laughs> uh, uh, put it before you. And what you're going to do, you're going to balance your afflictions on one end. And you're going to balance the eternal glory that you're getting ready to receive on the other end. And I guarantee you, the afflictions may be heavy. They may be severe. But when you place <laughs> your eternal glory on the other side, you're going to have to declare, my afflictions are light. <laughs> when I think about good God's been to me, when I think about how the Lord has blessed me in the midst of what I'm already going through, but when I think about what he's brought me through, how he brought me out, how he healed my body, I'm going to feel like preaching in a minute. When I think about all of that, I can't help myself. Somebody else say, I can't help myself. Uh, you might be broke right now, uh, but think about the times he opened up a door. Yeah. Think about the time he made a way. Yeah. You might be sick right now. Woo. But think about the days he healed you. 
And then you ought to declare if he did it once, hallelujah, he's able to do it again. Somebody, you ought to just put that in the atmosphere. If he did it once, he's able to do it again. If he comforted me once, he's able to comfort me again. God's able to do it again. And so when I take my scale and I weigh my affliction and then I turn around and weigh how good God's been to me, I hear a song, I won't, I won't complain because my good days have outweighed my bad days. And guess what? I cannot, I cannot complain. Well, if I still have some of y'all that's really going through right now, on the physical side, wake up hey, your spirit man for a couple of more minutes and let's see if I can renew your spirit man. Let's see if I can wake up your spirit man. Because then Paul writing to the church in Rome, Paul says, if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And then Paul said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for God to reveal his glory. Uh, Y'all got to understand that the future glory shall be an eternal weight of glory. Uh, Just imagine such a weight, a weight beyond all measure, a weight that surpasses uh, all measurements and calculation. And then notice where he said it is. The future glory shall be revealed. It's going to be revealed in us. Somebody ought to say he's going to reveal it. He's going to reveal it right in me. Uh, it shall become, it's going to become part of our very nature and being. Glory shall radiate and shine forth from our resurrected bodies. Our bodies are tired now. We're becoming wearied now. We're deteriorating and we're decaying. We can't walk as fast as we used to walk, let alone try to run. But in this house, if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we got another building that's not made with hand, made eternal in the heavens. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. And this mortal gonna put on immortality. Corruption is gonna put on incorruption in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye. And then I hear Paul in Colossians and I'm finished. He says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And so the future glory shall far exceed anything we have ever seen or anything that we have ever heard for in our hearts. Paul said, you better put your finger on it. He said, you haven't seen nothing yet. Somebody write in the chat, I haven't seen nothing yet. I know God's been good to you, but you haven't seen nothing yet. I know God has opened up doors for you, but you haven't seen nothing yet. And when I say you haven't seen nothing yet, Paul turns around and Paul tells us, as it is written, eyes have not seen, 
ears have not heard, neither have it in into the hearts of men, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Pastor, what has God prepared for me? Well, I better put some scripture on it. I'm not saying he prepared a house on this side of eternity. I'm not saying he prepared a car for you down there at the Cadillac dealership. I'm not telling you he, he has prepared for you a seat in an executive office. I got to stick with the spirit man. He's prepared a place. And he said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. The future glory, the future glory, the future glory, the future glory shall make us just like Jesus in all that he is. Help me out, John. Beloved now, are we the sons of God? And if God not yet appear, what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. My brothers and my sisters, that should give us a different outlook. That ought to give us a different view. That ought to give us a better perspective on our afflictions. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up. The everlasting doors. The king of glory (laughs) shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up the everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is. Somebody ought to say he is. He is. And then you fill in the blank. He is my strong tower. He is my bridge over troubled waters. He is my way maker. He is my healer. He is my friend that stick closer than a brother. He is my redeemer. He's my only hope. My God, he is the king of glory. I need you all to hold on. I need you to be strong. I need you to get a different perspective on your afflictions, on what you are going through. Stop talking about what you're going through in the physical and start talking about your reward in the spiritual. Start talking about heaven. That don't mean you're going that don't mean you're going to go today, but at least talk about it. When you talk about heaven, somebody said, well, it sounds like pastor preaching his last message. I ain't preaching my last message, I don't think. But if I am, God bless you. And may heaven shine on you. But <clears throat> I talk heaven. I talk about God's glory because it takes my mind off of everything else that's going on around us. And I need you all to know you can make it. You can make it. The Holy Ghost said you're going to make it. No matter what you're going through, God is going to see you through. You can make it. How many of y'all know you can make it? Come on. Come on. Tell yourself, I'm going to make it. The devil is a liar. He's trying to make you lose your perspective. He's trying to make you think you're going to lose your mind. Trying to make you think you're getting ready to go crazy. You ain't going to go crazy. I stop out here to let somebody know you're going to make it because God said that you was going to make it. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. 
Amen. Nobody looking around. Right where you're sitting, I want you to declare in the midst of what you're going through, in the midst of your afflictions, in the midst of your troubles, in the midst of maybe hard times for somebody, in the midst of hard times for somebody, amen, declare that I'm going, I'm going to make it. No matter what the devil says, no matter what the devil does, I'm going 